Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges, and joining us today, we have got J.P. Nurbin, leadership coach and coaching consultant and the author of The Sports Parent Solution, uh, a book that I'm really interested to hear more about. Uh, J.P., thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me on here. Sports parent solution. I think, I think if you've been in sports, period, whether as a, a child, an athlete, a parent, a fan, um, you know sports parents, and you know that they, they, they it's a wide spectrum, and th there can be uh, extremes, and there are extremes on both ends of that spectrum. Uh, so, just first off, um, this book. Why did you decide to write this book? What inspired you um, to put this out in the world and develop it as an idea and concept and tool? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So about a year and a half ago, I just published my second book, The Culture System. But in the writing of that book, um, I, you know, I was really sharing a framework around developing culture. And so that framework... Um, you know, involves a lot of things around how we establish the culture, how we support that culture, and how we enforce that culture. And there's so many threads that I was actually including that were around parents. At one point in the middle of the writing of the book, I said, well, hold on, I need to take a step back here. We just got to make a whole different book here because otherwise it's going to be, you know, you know, 400 page book here. So essentially I published the culture system, um, you know, all about, you know, a framework for building team culture, knowing that this parent book would, would come probably two, three years. It ended up, it's been less than two years because something happened like a few days after I published the culture system. Um, at the end of that book, there's a story about a father who confronts me um, in the parking lot after practice, like kind of almost runs me off the road in his car. It's like these, it's one of these crazy sports parent moments that will always stick with me for the rest of my life. Um, and just completely blast me. And it was a season where I was like really committed to developing a really good team culture and creating a great experience for the athlete and just trying to really impact them. And he completely blasts me, just you know, rips into me and it becomes this really, really low point in my coaching journey. Well, fast forward seven years later, I published the culture system out of the blue. This father had not read the book. He sends me this random text and it says, Hey, coach Nurb, I just want to let you know, I think of you often. Anytime my friends and I are talking about our kids' sporting experiences, I always say the best coach that my son had was Coach Nurbin. And he's like, because you not only did a great job of you know holding my son accountable while also showing a lot of care for him over the years that you coached him, you showed me how to better parent uh, a teenager, how to better discipline. And, and it was just so, so, you know, you got a few other paragraphs in there, but the, that core essence was thank you not just for your impact on my son, but for your impact on me. And I think this parent had never apologized for those, those things. So it was healing for me, but it was also revealing. It revealed for me that we as coaches have a huge impact, not just on our athletes, but we have an impact on the parents. And so for, for me, it was like a real call to action. Like, man, 
we really need to lean into these relationships. We need to partner with these parents more often uh, than we are typically as coaches because it will improve our culture. It will improve the experience for the athlete. And heck, it might even impact positively that parent. Wow. I mean, that's such a great story to hear, but also you, you have to find parents who are willing to partner, right? Or who are willing to, I guess, grow or, or be affected by a coach in a way, which I, I feel like some parents aren't, but that's really inspiring. Um, and so you, you take this call to action um, and you write the sports parent solution, which I, I guess maybe this is revealing too much about the book, but for there to be a solution, I assume there is a sports parent problem. So what what is what is the problem or what is this book uh, giving the audience the solution to? Yeah, so the problem isn't actually what we think is the problem. I talk about this extensively in the book. Um, you know, I, I relate it to the Steven Spielberg making the movie Jaws, okay? And so when he's making the movie Jaws, there's this big problem that he thinks, which is this mechanical shark for the film keeps breaking and it's costing loads of money. It's putting the, fil the, the film over budget. What Spielberg does is he steps back and he starts looking at the problem differently. He says, okay, you know, the, the movie is about to be scrapped here because it's costing so much and it's over budget. You know, what do I need to do here? I need, we need to stop trying to fix this shark. He looks at it and says, what would Alfred Hitchcock do? Well, he, he would make a movie, a scary movie without the shark. And so that's what Spielberg does is he makes Jaws without a shark, right? So what was Spielberg's problem was not the shark. It was his thinking about the problem, right? So it's a shift in our thinking. So the, the reality is the majority of parents are really well-intentioned and they just want to do a great job. Like we're like, that's what, then there's a small percentage of parents that are, you know, crazy, right? But they're a small percentage, and, <laughs> you know, and the book addresses that, but a lot of really good intention parents, it can be very difficult navigating this. And when we don't have good communication from coaches and we don't have good communication from parents and we don't, by God, teenagers and young adults are not good communicators as well. So all of a sudden now we have this dynamic between athlete, coach, and parent. It becomes really, really difficult for this to go well, right? So we have to be intentional about that. So the problem though, is the fact that most coaches like myself for years, we just see parents as a problem and we say, hey, you stay in your lane. I'm gonna stay in my lane. I'm gonna build a big, big, big wall here and you stay over there, I stay over here and we're gonna, well, you know, we'll communicate when we have to, but we're really not gonna proactively want to seek out communication or to build a relationship with each other. And that, that viewing the parent as the problem, that's the real problem. And so if we could start by shifting our thinking, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities for what the parents can do to actually impact the program and our relationship with the athlete in a really positive way. Yeah. I, I mean, again, just, just a great message overall. I really lo love the thought of this. Um, and so if someone, if I buy the sports parent solution, if I pick up a copy of it, which by the way, uh, where, where can I get the sports parent solution? Yeah, you head over to my website, tocculture.com. Um, there's links there, but you also just hop on Amazon. Uh, comes out November 21st and um, it's available for pre-order on ebook now. It'll be available for paperback on the 21st as well. So, yep. 
Awesome. So yeah, you can pick this up on Amazon once again, and that's yep. the sports parent solution, uh, or head over to JP's website, tocculture.com. Uh, but if I, if I pick up a copy of the sports parent solution, what are you hoping that I will gain from reading this book and, and from, you know, uh, going all in on this system? Yeah, hopefully you can start to have a bit of that mindset shift, you know, we just talked about there and how you view it. But then after that, like my work within my last book, The Culture System and all, and then this book, it's all geared towards very practical strategies you can implement. And so it presents a framework for, um, you know, parts two through three and four are broken into how do we establish those partnerships how do we sustain and continue to sustain communication and nurture those relationships? And then lastly, about how do we enforce boundaries, right? Because there needs to be boundaries between, you know, with, with parents and, you know, lines that they should not be crossing. And we need to be working as coaches with administrators. Um, so in each section, um, there are really practical things that we have done um, at various programs from, you know, division one level down to the youth level from lacrosse to basketball, to American football, to swimming. Uh, we've got stories of a couple swim programs and how the coaches are partnering with the parents. So we're really diving into some really practical ways that you can like, so for example, you know, we can, you know, I'll let you decide where we want to go with this, but you know, how do we design that initial first, you know, preseason meeting with the parents to really make that really actually transformational. You know, there's so many really cool things that we do in that to that first interaction, that first conversation you have with the parent, maybe it's in the recruiting process, maybe it's the time, the first time they drop their son or daughter off, right? That first conversation, right? So those first meetings, those first conversations, that's really what part two focuses on, whereas part three about sustaining is, okay, what's the, what is our process for communicating and reinforcing kind of the culture we're trying to create and the, and, and, and when things come up good and negative with their son or daughter, how are we communicating in those things? So there's some really specific strategies and ways that we really try to actually bring parents into the culture of the team, like to be a part of the athlete experience because they're already driving so much, they're doing it, they're putting so much money into it. And the more that we can bring them into the program culture and, and, and have, you know, they get to experience a little bit of that, the more likely they're to be bought into the way that we're doing things and that kind of the team atmosphere that we're trying to create. Yeah. I, I, I mean, again, I just, I really like this concept. I really like these ideas you're presenting. Um, and I, I really appreciate that the last step of that was setting boundaries. So you mentioned before that, you know, usually coaches are just like, leave me alone. Parents don't talk to me. We put up these, you know, coaches put up these walls. Um, and you're saying, you know, it's good to have some boundaries or, or, or put up some walls, but we want to be clear with those and we want to communicate those with the parents as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think there's coaches that are effective at putting up boundaries that, you know, keep parents out, but that's typically for only so long because then things build up and then every parent will reach their breaking point. And so often coaches will get the email or text just like, Hey, I've, I've stayed silent for very long, but I have to say something now. Right. Like just that, you know, you're laughing because you've probably see, have gotten that email, <laughs> that text, right. We all have. And it's like, so really, you know, before we enforce boundaries, you know, before we challenge parents, like how are we creating open lines of communication so that these moments when 
parents, you know, like we're getting less of these issues down the road. And so one of the things that I talk about early in like a preseason meeting that I like to do or in an email, it was my coaches to really encourage them to say, hey, yeah, we've got the 24-hour rule or things like that we won't talk about. But here's the conversations I do want to have, especially with mental health being such a, an issue that we have to address uh, head on as coaches right now. Right, we need to create open lines of communication. So the conversations that I want to have with parents, for me, they're things that I, I tell parents are, hey, I want to know when your child has repeatedly shown up and they're really unhappy and they're not enjoying their experience. Right, I just want to make sure like that, you know, that I know about that and I can work with that. I want to know if something's going on at home. That story about that father I told you earlier at the beginning, that father just lost his job a month before that and his wife kicked him out two weeks later and his son stopped speaking to him. Man, I never knew that. It would have been really impactful and important for me to know that, not just like going to that, you know, altercation with the father, but like, so I kind of supported the son through that, right? Because the whole family was going through some tough times, right? So when something's going on at home, when I do something as a coach that changes your opinion of me as a person, you can think I'm a bad coach, that's fine. I'll make a bad call here or there. But, but if you think, man, he's a bad person, like he says he cares about the kids, but he clearly doesn't, like, hey, I want to know about that because you may actually have perceived something I did the wrong way, or I maybe did something and didn't even realize it, and it had this impact. And so I really i am always looking for feedback as a coach. Um, you know, there's a few other conversations I like to have too, like just if I always just say, hey, if something's really bugging you for a long time, just come talk to me. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't want that parent in the stands, going to administrator in the car, ripping me, ripping the program, what we're trying to do. Like, let's just get it out there. Let's work it out. And if we can't work it out, then we decide, hey, you know what? We need to move separate ways, right? Maybe this isn't the place for us. And that comes down to that enforcing boundaries at times, right? But I don't want it being bottled up and or just leaking into the culture uh, of the team. Mm. It's... Um... That's really, I, I really enjoy <laughs> this take because I think it's a, it's a take on coaching that we don't hear maybe at all, right? Um, I, I think we hear a lot about the sports parent problem, um, but we don't necessarily hear about the sports parent solution, uh, which I, and, and we don't make it about the coaches, we make it about the parents. And this, it seems like you are making this more about the coaches and, and actionable things that coaches can do to to help incorporate the parents and and then effectively um, not have these sports parent problems. Uh, which again, I, I I like this I like this approach a lot because um, it feels very novel. I think I think in athletics. Like you said, communication is key, and we don't always see it. Mm. Yeah, and and so some of the stuff that I really talk a lot about messaging, right? So just more ways that we message things like that. But some of the stuff that we really try to do is experiential. Um, one of my favorite things to do is like that preseason meeting. Like, like oftentimes there is stuff that needs to be communicated, information wise, logistics. But we really want to like the coach to commu better communicate their philosophy, their values, how they make decisions, how they are going to support each athletes individually, how they're going to address mental health. Like we want all that logistics, but we also want parents to be excited to be there. And so one of the things that we do 
we've got a lot of things that I talk about in the book, but one of my favorites is called the parent experience event. And in that parent experience event, we do a parent practice. And so we've done this with lacrosse. We've done with this basketball. We've done this with American football, a lot of different things. I'm, absolutely. You could definitely do it in swimming. Um, hopefully every parent knows how to swim, right? Uh, if they don't, maybe they're off the side or maybe they're getting swim lessons, but you really just bring them into a practice. And, you know, sometimes it's just playing games. It's might be a little fun competitions. You get maybe the athletes coaching the parents, or maybe they're competing or practicing with it. It's just a fun event where you bring the athletes and the parents together. And what happens in that is parents are competing against each other. Parents are playing on the same team as each other. They're getting to know the other kids. They're getting to know the other parents and you start to create community. And that's really what we want is we want every, you know, no matter what your sport is, whether it's football, basketball, or more individualized sports like tennis and, and swimming or track and field is we want community because that sense of community really is why one of the things why people show up, why they're part of clubs, why they're part of teams. Right. And so how do we get the parents to be about community? Well, we bring them into the community. And so doing something like the parent experience event or even like um, trying to organize it so the team photos are on the same day where we can get parents in there and parents, you know, you have your traditional team photo and individual photos of athletes, but hey, the parents are going to hop in. They're going to be able to take some photos with their kids as well. Like they absolutely love that. And so what we're seeing is just by creating and bringing them into the experience, um, the joy is and, and parents want to be there right and they're just they're able to buy more into what you're trying to do <laughs> i would i would love to see a, a swim parent practice uh i don't know i don't know if we've if ever someone does it and they need to email me <laughs> they need to contact me about that because i haven't seen it done yet but i know it can be done and it would be wild so uh, yeah. So just if you're out there, if you're listening and you're like, Hey, I need to do, uh, I need to do a swim parent practice. Give, give JP an email, JP Nurbin at tocculture.com. <laughs> Shoot him an email. Let him know if you end up doing a swim parent practice, shoot us an email too at swim swim, because we want, we want uh, video footage. We want evidence of this swim parent practice. It sounds awesome. Um, but I, I, again, it's a great idea. And like you said, uh, sports is about community. You know, we've seen this in the Olympic movement. We've seen it with, uh, the world events kind of splintering thing, uh, splintering countries and people of the last couple of years, but you know, people still want to kind of keep athletics away from that because it's some, it's, it's how we come together. Right. Um, and so just, you know, in, in a community, it's, it's something that brings everyone together, parents, athletes, kids, coaches, I mean, you know, everyone. Um, so it's fostering that it just makes sense, but we don't always see it that way. Right. Or, or maybe coaches don't always see it that way just because they're like, all right, I'm doing this my way. So I can't have anyone else involved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think when it comes to supporting and nurturing that community, you know, there's a variety of ways that we like to talk about doing that. You know, one is simply early on or as the relationship goes on is just trying to bring parents into the conversation. Um, you know, like kind of a parent athlete coach conference to start off the year. And, you know, that we really try to help the athlete to guide and so that they're the majority speaker in that. And then the coach is facilitating 
that, but also asking parents of like, you know, what, what their goals are for their, for their child and what, where they see them needing to grow and they need to improve. So we try to, you know, try to create little, little communities there too, where the, you know, the parent feels connected to the family, right? They feel, you know, if I look at some of the most relationships where I was like closest with, with the players over my career as a coach, the family wasn't far away. I was often being invited for dinner invented family events, right? There was that relationship. So sometimes we have to be the person to step into that. You know, other times it's just simple things, you know, like we've, we had, I had two coaches last year. One won a big conference championship and our lost a conference championship. So you had this high moment, you had this low moment, but I challenged both of them that morning when I was talking to them in my one-on-one coaching call with them. I just said, Hey, here's a challenge for you tonight, win or lose turn to the stands and say, parents, come on in the locker room. Parents all came in the locker room and they got to be a part of that celebration and just kind of listen to the message the coach said. The losing team, the parents got to be a part of the emotion, the raw emotion, the tears, but also as that coach like was giving that message around how he was proud of them and the process and how they worked hard, he actually opened it up to parents and parents were able to speak into their kids' lives in that moment. And in both situations, right, you know, these parents that have driven their kids all over, taking all their games, prop games, probably coached them at various points along the way, right? They've done so much for their kids. You know, they felt, you know, part of that. They felt validated. They felt, you know, like they mattered and they weren't excluded. And it was, it was, it was special for everyone in both locker rooms. So, you know, it's just constantly trying to help them to be part of that community where they feel connected uh, to the team. And there, obviously there's moments where you're not everybody together, but it's just little little moments like that. You're trying to bring them in to, into the equation. Yeah, that's that's really touching. And um, again, just something unique that I, I've certainly never heard of before. But uh, once again, it makes sense because, as you mentioned, parents parents are kind of the these unsung heroes that are doing so much for these athletes and and showing so much support for them um, that it's like they're they have a big stake in not whether they necessarily win or lose, but whether they succeed in the, in, in this athletic journey, um, and certainly in the life journey as well. So that's a very unique and a very cool way to show appreciation for that. Um, so I'm guessing that you have implemented some of these strategies if you hadn't already. And I'm curious for just for your personal coaching, how have you seen it play out um, as a coach and uh, as a, also as a, as a, as a uh, parent of athletes. Yeah. You know, there's, there's two things I'd share. One is like the, one of the most beneficial things that, that I've done uh, as a coach is a very simple thing. And that is where when I show up, if I to a practice or I finish practice or before a game, is to learn the parents' names and just to go and engage and just nothing about the sport. It could be about the weather. It could be about another sporting event, you know, like, but just learning about like what's going on for them and just trying to like, you know, bring my kids around, like more humanize myself. Right. So I'm not just coach and they're not just the sports parent. They're actually, you know, they have all these other roles that they play in life. Right. So that's a big thing as well as on the backside of that, it's a very, very simple thing to do. Every time I have a one-on-one with an athlete, whether it's a 15, 20 minute meeting or my formal 
player development plan meetings, or it's like a five minute talk after practice around something. So formal and informal. And a lot of my coaches I work with, they do like a lot of formal every four to six weeks player development plan meetings where they're reviewing and updating that document with the athlete. But regardless, formal and informal, I'm going to text, I'm going to call, or I'm going to find that parent after the practice. And I'm going to just share something that I took out of that meeting, something I learned about their son or their daughter, and then I appreciated about them. And I'm often going to finish off with, hey, thanks for allowing me to coach your son, or thanks for allowing me to coach your daughter. And because we, I am grateful, like coaching is, is a privilege. And I've, I often, I've, there's been periods of my life as a coach in my career where I've kind of like had this sense of like entitlement. I don't know if entitlement is the right word, but it's like, well, parents owe me because I do all this for their kids. And what does that mindset get me? How does that serve me? It doesn't really, right? You know, like I signed up to do this. I signed up to whether it's be a volunteer or a paid coach. Either way, I chose this profession. And why did I choose choose it? I chose it to make an impact on the kids. And do I enjoy it? Yeah, I love it, right? It's one of my great passions. So yeah, thank you. Thanks for this opportunity to coach these kids, you know? Thanks for allowing me to challenge them. Thanks for allowing me to push them. Thanks for getting them here and, and investing in them and, and just creating this experience. Because without you, there is no team, you know? So just that sense of gratitude as well as just aff affirming the parent on an individual basis. I love this about your son or daughter. Parents love that. They just, I, I know as a parent, I love it when my that my kids uh, coaches or teachers say to me we love this about elena or we love this about kieran they're just they, you know like it's just it feels so good uh and validating man yeah <laughs> that uh that makes sense and it's also again it's great to hear um that take on coaching because i think there are a lot of coaches who have that sense of you owe me something or you're, you're on my team. Um, and it's, I think it's good for everyone if, if maybe it's the other way around, you know, if there's, and, and there can be obviously humility and gratitude on both ends, but, um, it's, I, I think that is a good way to coach and a, and a good way to carry yourself as a coach. Um, so I really appreciate the message that you're sending. Uh, once again, this is, we're talking to JP Nurbin, who just put out the Sports Parent Solution. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on his website, tocculture.com. It's out November 21st. Uh, any any parting thoughts or final words before we sign off today, JP? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a parent, you know, you can recognize there's things you can take from the book around how you can still create some of these experiences for your kids and for the team without even the coach, you know, having to do much. And that's honestly a lot of the coaches I work with, they're not as great on the social thing. That's not their thing to really be out there and, and connecting, but they empower parents and the program to still help create these experiences and these opportunities for parents to connect with other parents, and other kids. So if you're a parent, you can still extend and start to work on that partnership with the coach you know? Um, so that's one thing. If you're a coach, um, remember to have a little bit of empathy, especially if you're a coach as a parent, you know, that parenting and you're a parent, you know, parenting is the hardest job we have. 
absolutely the hardest job. But you know, it's not our only job. We're all juggling all these different roles and jobs we have in life. And we all struggle. We all struggle to figure out what's the right amount of pushing my kid in the sport. And, um, you know, what's, you know, what's too much, what's too little, you know, and we all get lost at times. And so often, and oftentimes, like just in that story, that father, like we vilify the parent. It's just like, no, no, they're a human. They're, they, they have moments, they have struggles. And so when you do get a, a nasty email, a nasty text, I mean, I've gotten drunken voicemails like that are unbelievable from parents over the years. Like you just wouldn't believe it's just like delete and move on. And if it's still an issue 24 hours later, you might engage in it. But like, just try to like let things go and let people know that people are people and, and not not always take everything so personal, right? Uh, people do things because of who they are, not because of who we are. And so that co compassion for, for parents, uh, that little bit of empathy, um, you know, I think we we need to make sure we 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 continuously operate with that uh, in the world. And if if we do, I think this is probably the thing I'll, I'll leave everybody with is just if we can start to engage parents, then we really can start to address this big mental health issue that we're facing as a country um, and really just as a world, right? I mean, it is growing and is getting worse. And if I really care about the mental health of my athletes, if I say that as a coach then I sure as heck better be partnering and working and at least communicating with the most important person in that young person's life, which is their parent. So if you say you care about their mental health, you cannot continue to put up walls. You have to engage. You have to start to you know create these partnerships. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.